0: Our guest this week is Joel of the Let's Read podcast. Let's Read podcast lulls you into beautiful nightmares with true, scary stories submitted by folks just like yourself. Enjoy the show. Forget
1: facts. Forget logic.
0: Forget everything that seems real. just trust. Believe.
1: A couple of years ago, I moved into a log cabin in northern Michigan woods with two friends. I had been working in horticulture, and the friend who bought the house had been working as an organic farmer, so we wanted to try to homestead. We got some chickens and ducks for eggs and meat. We grew potatoes, vegetables, and fruit in our huge garden plot. We planted apple, pear, and cherry trees, as well as raspberry bushes. We hunted deer in the woods and gathered wild berries, herbs, and mushrooms. We heated the cabin with wood that we gathered and split ourselves. My roommate's girlfriend even made clothes dyed with pigments she made from plants she gathered in our woods. Although our attempts at making our own kombucha and sauerkraut failed, along with some of our other projects, we had a lot of fun. To get to the cabin, you had to turn up a very long driveway past a huge cleared garden plot and a barn. Then you would see the log cabin sitting on a hill surrounded by woods. The back of the property was seven acres of woods, which we owned, surrounded by an immense amount of forest that was owned by a hunting club. I grew up in the woods and felt very comfortable camping out, hiking alone, being isolated by a day's journey from any sort of civilization. So don't take it lightly when I say I think these woods had a darkness to them. I was not the only one to notice this. Multiple friends told me the same thing about our woods, that it felt a bit more dark and scary than most other woods they'd been in. These woods were very dense and full of small bogs and marshes. We had a bog, a pond, and two vernal ponds on just our property alone. It was very dark in those woods and very little sunlight got through. Being into organic farming, my buddy and I were both into nature-based spirituality as well and we threw big parties on the summer solstice and other pagan holidays. This story starts around Halloween or Samhain for any of you neo-pagans out there. We were planning to host a big party. I had decided the theme was going to be Faye Castle. And I mean the Faye of old northern European folklore, not the fairy godmothers Disney showed us as kids. The type of fairy who would abduct people into their halls and never let them return to the human world. I had been spending a lot of time doing crafts and decking out the house, the barn, and even the woods. On this particular night... I was making some traditional Samhain-baked goods for the party, which was two days away. I was thinking about the theme of the Fae, and wondered if they really existed. Even though I had parties on the pagan holidays and loved talking about nature-based spirituality, I wasn't sure I really believed any of it. In fact, at that point, I definitely leaned towards being an atheist. It struck me as interesting that every ancient culture believed wild places like woods, mounds, and ponds were full of minor nature deities. Even after most of these cultures converted from paganism, they maintained belief in these beings, although they began calling them fairies, elves, djinn, or goblins. In fact, many cultures still believe in these things. I was very curious about them and wondered if they were still among us. I had began sipping on a glass of whiskey while I was cooking, just enough to feel a little more bold than I normally would. I decided to step out onto our deck which faced the woods, and although I knew nothing about summoning or talking to spirits, I spoke to the woods. I said that I was curious to know if the spirits of the woods were real. I said I didn't want any deals or bargains, I simply wanted to know whether there were ancient beings in the forest. I said that if any of them were listening, they could visit me that night but they could only come in to show me they exist and possibly speak to me, but not to curse, make deals, or create bonds in any way. I said that this deal would only exist for that night, then they were no longer welcome inside my house. Like I said, I had absolutely no idea about any sort of summoning, talking with spirits or anything of the sort, and I was pretty sure I didn't believe in the spirit realm, so I had absolutely zero expectation that this would work. I went back inside, feeling a little silly, and started washing dishes. Then I felt something touch my leg. Not just a graze, but a hard, real touch. I turned around expecting to see our cat pawing at me for attention, but when I turned around there was nothing there. Nothing at all. Feeling a little spooked, I went in search of the cat to see where she was. She was in my roommate's room lying on his bed while he played video games. She had not left that spot at any point in the last hour or so. Now I was confused and a little scared, but I managed to shrug it off and remove it from my mind for the rest of the night. When I went to bed and closed my eyes, I saw a head which looked mostly human, surrounded by smoke. I kept opening and closing my eyes, trying to make it go away, but every time I did, I continued to see it. I would say it was in my mind's eye, but... It really was more like I was looking at it on the back of my eyelids. It floated around, trailing smoke behind it. It was an unsettling image but I didn't feel particularly afraid as I figured my imagination was just getting the better of me. That night in the wee hours of the morning I awoke and there was a being in my bedroom. It was floating about six inches off the ground and it looked like it was made entirely out of old brown cloth, stained with moss and mold and with holes brought on by decay. It looked like someone had draped a cheap burlap cloak over an invisible being. It just floated there and did nothing as I looked at it. I remember mostly feeling awe, not fear, which even at the time I thought was strange. It was like my mind was telling me to be afraid, but this being, draped in cloth and decay, was reassuring me to not be afraid. Strange as it sounds, I actually fell back asleep pretty quickly and the next day was spent thinking about it while I was at work. The touch, the vision of the floating head, the being draped in a decaying brown cloth. It seemed that although I had no idea what I was doing, the ancient spirits of our woods had accepted my invitation. And not only had they accepted it, they accepted it on my terms. They came in peace, showed me they existed and then left. I lived at that cabin for a long time after that, and still visit often. I have never seen them again, and I never invited spirits into my life again. It still fills me with awe to think of it. I sent out a call to the ancient beings of the woods, and they answered.
2: a lot. Just before I started second grade in the year 2000, we moved to Ohio and were renting a house while our home was being rebuilt in a nearby neighborhood. The house was older, built in the 50s or 60s. My mom came to call it the dark place as the layout of the home did seem to prevent much sunlight from coming in but also due to the heaviness that seemed to sit on the property. None of us liked the house but it was a temporary situation and we'd be in our nice new home soon enough. I don't remember how long into our stay there that this began but seemingly out of the blue one night as I'm trying to fall asleep I start hearing very quiet unintelligible whispers coming from what seemed to be the foot of my bed. After listening for a while I decided it was definitely two voices, one of an adult man and the other of an adult woman. I peeked into the darkness and saw nothing, but I did sleep with my door open and decided I must have been hearing my parents in their room, despite it being quite late. Eventually, I drifted off to sleep. The next morning... I recalled the incident and asked my mom if she and dad had been up late talking or if they had left the TV in their room on. She insisted they hadn't and told me, even if they had, their room wasn't close enough to my own that I would be able to hear them through their closed door. I insisted I heard something, but she of course wrote it off as me being half asleep. I also shrugged it off until it started to become a regular occurrence. Every single night, without fail, I would hear a man and a woman whispering to each other in my room. Their tone was neutral and their sentences very short. There was never really a pause between one stopping and the other starting. It sounded like parents speaking to one another while trying not to wake their kid up. This in and of itself wasn't very scary, but with the house as a whole being so unsettling, it more so just added to the characteristic darkness of the place. One day, while playing at a friend's house, we were goofing around and they showed me how you could talk through their air vents to one another from certain rooms. I was delighted, firstly because this was like walkie-talkies built into the house, But secondly, because I thought I had figured out the whispers, it was my parents who I was hearing through the vents. The moment I got home, I hurried to my room to look where the vent must be that connected to my parents' room. To my tremendous dismay, the vent in my bedroom was nowhere near my bed and certainly not close enough to hear my parents simply whispering from my bed all the way across the room, which was quite large. I continued to hear voices and eventually just accepted the phenomenon as some inexplicable yet harmless quirk of the house. Everything is much more bearable when you know the situation is temporary, and it actually felt somewhat comforting in a way eventually. The voices were a part of my nightly routine. I pictured them as an older gentleman talking to a lady who was maybe his daughter. They would politely whisper to one another conversationally as to not wake me up. In retrospect, I like to think and find it likely that this particular incident was a residual haunting, some sort of spectral tape recording of past events that replayed themselves under certain circumstances. These types of hauntings imply that There is no intelligent or sentient presence behind the occurrences, but are simply echoes from the past. While I try to hold on to that, it gets harder to think there was nothing with a mind of its own around when I consider the next incident. One night, my parents, myself, and my older sister are awoken by a horrifyingly loud whack against the side of the house. It was like a grown man had taken a baseball bat to a window as hard as he could and somehow hadn't broken it. The four of us immediately ran out into the hallway. My mother was visibly terrified and I was shaken so hard I could barely stand. To this day I think that was the most afraid I've ever been. My dad turned the outside lights on and looked around for anything or anyone that could have made that sound. He eventually went outside to where we think the noise originated, in the backyard on what was the exterior wall of the hallway bathroom. But there was nothing. No person, no dead bird who had maybe hit the window in the dark. No debris of any kind, no evidence anything had happened at all. We of course considered it may have been a would-be thief, but the sound was so resounding and deliberate It wouldn't have made any sense for someone trying to take our things to intentionally wake up the entire house. And again, we were brand new to the area. It's not like we even knew anyone who would want to scare us or even play a prank. Drugs weren't really an issue in such a sleepy suburb, so it was unlikely to have been some wandering junkie on a bad trip. Not least of which, the backyard was fenced in, and it would have been nearly impossible for someone to escape it before my dad went to check it out. We rationalized it however we needed to in order to get back to sleep, definitely in my parents' room this time. The following morning, as we got ready for church, I noticed the faintest footprints in the dining room on an otherwise clean floor. They looked to be about maybe the size of a men's 10 or 11 dress shoe. The prints were neither the size of my dad's, nor did the tread match any of the shoes he had in his closet. They started in the middle of the dining room and ended at the kitchen. They weren't muddy, more dusty. My dad tried blowing it off, saying they were probably old and we just hadn't noticed them before, and that we were just scaring ourselves. I didn't need to scare myself when the house was doing its sufficient job by itself. But we eventually moved out and not a single paranormal incident, to my recollection, occurred again until we moved to Louisiana. Just a one-time occurrence of coming home from school in 4th or 5th grade to one of my K'nex vehicles and three or four of the little figures posed inside of it. I was obsessively meticulous about my toys and knew I hadn't put it there before school and my mother insisted no one was in the house while I was away. I told her why I was asking, and she said the only explanation is that I forgot I had put them there. Knowing that to this day that simply isn't a possibility, I fear the intelligent side of the dark place we had once lived in may have followed us for some time, or it was a new entity as we did move to New Orleans after all. I'm 29 now and I haven't had many more experiences, but it was only a few years ago at Christmas Eve dinner when I asked my mom if she remembered me telling her about the whispering. She did remember and added that my sister apparently made the same complaint to her in the morning after she had slept on the top bunk of my room. At least I know I definitely wasn't just crazy."
0: Let me start by saying this happened 30 years ago, when I was 9 and my sister and her best friend, Tim, were 5 years older. For a bit of backstory, I was born in New Mexico to an Italian dad and a Native American mom, so I grew up believing the Catholic Church rules and the lessons of the Native American spirituality. I always identified more with our Native side, as did my sister. My mom had certain abilities. So basically, we couldn't get away with anything. She always knew. My mom got a job at a smaller mall down the street from where we were living in Albuquerque. She would always call to check on us, basically to make sure that my sister wasn't trying to kill me. My sister was my hero, and I always wanted to be near her and follow her everywhere. She would tell me to go to my friend's house and Give her some privacy. My best friend Dee lived down the street, so I would be with her most of the time after my sister would yell at me to leave her alone. But back to the event that scared me to death. My mom was always against Ouija boards and told us to never play with them. She warned us about what could come through. She didn't mess with sugarcoating it, and I listened to her. I never wanted it near me. We were off for the summer. My sister was in high school and basically a know-it-all typical teenager. Her best friend showed up one afternoon while my mom was at work. No big deal, he was over a lot, and my mom loved him like a son. I was usually outside riding bikes with Dee all day and checking out what fun we could have. On this day, we had to cut it a bit early due to her father taking the family on a barbecue. So Dee and I were early risers, 7 a.m. and out the door by 8 to start the day of whatever trouble we would get into. As the time was approaching for Dee to leave, I rode up with her to her house and said goodbye. As her whole family got in the car to go to the family event, I decided to just go home and hope that my sister would let me hang out and play with her and her friend. As I rode up the driveway, I heard talking from the kitchen and from the open window. I walked in the front door adjacent to the kitchen to a massive cold wind that blew into my face. Unusual, since the window was open and I know that the air was off due to the mild temperatures, just to save a bit of money. As I took a couple of steps into the kitchen, I saw that they had a Ouija board on the kitchen table. They were playing and laughing. I was instantly scared. I said, Mom doesn't want us to play with this. She warned us. What are you doing? I know something is there, but I can't put my finger on it. She yelled at me and said, Mom is exaggerating. It's not real. I said, You're kidding me. Mom knows. I'm going to call Mom. I'm telling on you. She immediately stood up and threatened me like a big sister. I ran to my room to cry and yell, embarrassed and hurt. Now our doors have no locks, just a knob to turn, but no locks. I instantly was scared. My room got cold. I was freaking out. I grabbed every stuffed animal that I had and piled them onto my twin bed to form a protection barrier. I squeezed into the middle, and I tried to calm down. I was so scared. Under the blanket with my stuffed animal pile, I felt protected. A false sense of security. All of a sudden, I was so cold, I could see my breath under the blanket. And then I felt a hand on my back. I turned to see if the nose of a stuffed animal had poked me. And it just felt like a hand. I realized there's no way since I have them all facing the wall, meaning their backs are to me. The smooth, soft part. No way it could be a hand. I'm panicking now. I start to scream and I felt another poke. I immediately tossed the blanket and all the stuffed animals off of me. They went flying. I'm screaming for my sister and running to the door. The door handle is freezing and my breath is now fully visible. I'm pulling and turning. The door would not budge. I screamed for my mom and all of a sudden the door opens. I ran down the hall to the kitchen to see my sister. She's in a panic and shock as I'm screaming that something touched me. She calms me down and finally asks the board what it wants. The board answers with my name. She looked at her friend and then all of a sudden I heard a car screeching to a stop. My mom flies up the driveway almost hitting the garage door. She comes flying through the door and screams to get away from the board now. All of a sudden, the cabinets start shaking like an earthquake. Doors are flying open. Kitchen tables are shaking. What felt like forever was only a few seconds, though. My mom gained her footing and screamed at my sis and her friend to put their hands on the planchet and say goodbye now. Do it now. I'm standing there in shock in the corner. As they did that, the kitchen stopped shaking. My mom grabs the board in the planchet and takes it outside and stomps on it. As she's breaking the board over and over, she comes in and grabs me. I'm crying. My sister is crying, and now her friend is as well. My mom hugged us all and said to me, I heard you. My mom heard my scream in her head as I was freaking out, not being able to get out of my bedroom. She actually heard me, as she heard what the board said to my sister. She obviously grounded my sister and made us go with her to throw the Ouija board into the Rio Grande. Water keeps the spirits contained, she said. She made my sister promise to never mess with the board again. I was obviously on board with this, My sister never played with one again, and to this day, I will jump if I see one at the store. I will not walk near it. I lost my sister and immediate family. They're all on the other side protecting me now, but I'm not going to push the envelope. Ever.
2: This began early in my childhood. I don't have a clear recollection of that many memories, most of them are foggy. But these ones I am about to tell you are the ones that have stuck with me through the years. There is this one incident that was the peak of everything before I moved out of my childhood house, but before that, there were paranormal experiences that not only me, but my older sister and mother also went through. Before I was 10 years old, I remember hearing footsteps every single night outside of the bedroom I shared with my sister. This led to countless nights without getting any sleep, as they were so loud and prominent. It was like the person walking was wearing shoes too big for them. They were heavy and slow, as if from an elderly person. Outside our bedroom, there was a long hallway connecting to my mother's room which ended up in another hallway that led to the living room. These footsteps would go from my mother's room, walking past our bedroom door, and then to the living area, and then they would go straight back to my mother's bedroom door. Every night was the same circuit. I have brought it up to my mother many times, but she would always brush it off, saying it was just my imagination. Another creepy thing that would always happen was that in our bathroom, at night, you could always hear three taps on the window. Just three taps. Then a couple of seconds would go in between them, and they would go off again. Later my sister told me that this is the way spirits or entities make fun of the Holy Trinity. I still don't know if that was really the case, but just thinking it could be real made my skin crawl with anxiety. Screams were also a common denominator in my childhood and early teenage years. My mother would always scream and cry in her sleep, blaming it on having nightmares. I never had a great relationship with her. We were never close whatsoever, so her bedroom was off-limits for me. Once our air conditioner broke in our bedroom, so she told me that I could sleep with her that night. While I was trying to fall asleep... I felt that we weren't the only ones in the bedroom. My mother had these really thick and heavy blinds covering her windows, ergo not a bit of moonlight would go through them, leaving us in complete stillness and darkness. Basically, having my eyes opened or closed was the same. I would always be met with darkness. When I finally managed to fall asleep, I had this dream where there was someone standing at the edge of the bed near the door. I couldn't make out their features or anything, I just remember seeing a black shadow reminiscent of a human-like body. I couldn't move, it was something like sleep paralysis. This thing stood there for some minutes, and then, all of a sudden, it darted towards me, but now I could tell that this thing had arms attached to its body. As it got closer to me, in a matter of seconds, it got a hold of my leg, and that's when I screamed and woke up. My mother was awake, and I told her what happened in my sleep. She confessed to me that every night, she would have the same nightmare. She described hers, and the sequence of events were the same as mine. I never slept in her bedroom again until one day years later. This is the one experience which still gives me chills to this day. I was 18 years old and I was on a break from college. Both of my parents were traveling for work and my sister had stayed in the city we were living in because she was attending university. That meant I had the whole house to myself. I was always a shy person, so throwing a party wasn't part of my plans. Instead of that, I invited my friend to spend the night with me because I was kind of scared to spend the night in that house just by myself. She came over at around 7pm. We cooked, had dinner, and then decided to call it a night and watch a movie. I suggested we watch it in my mother's room, as it was going to be more comfortable for us to lay in her bed, as mine was very small. She agreed, so after doing the dishes, off we went into her bedroom and started browsing Netflix to choose a film to watch. When we finally landed on one, I said to her that I was going to turn off the light. In retrospect, I remember her hesitating for a second, and then finally agreeing. We were around 20 minutes in, until she asked me if I could turn on the light. When I asked her why, she didn't seem to care that much, and just said that she preferred the light to be on. I begrudgingly stood up and did what she told me to, Anyways, the movie finished and we both fell asleep and the night went on uneventfully. The next morning, becoming aware of this, I came to the conclusion that maybe whatever roamed my house when I was a kid finally left. I had this newfound sense of security and confidence, so the next night I decided I would sleep in my house by myself. Now as I write this years later, I still can't believe how dumb I was. This night went almost like the previous one. I had dinner and later I grabbed some ice cream and I went to my mother's room to watch some YouTube. Everything was going smoothly. My childhood experiences now being so remote that I felt like they weren't even mine. Until I heard something on my rooftop. It was something like footsteps, but not quite. It was impossible that someone could even get to my rooftop in the first place, as my house was a detached one, and also both houses on its sides were my family's. After a couple of seconds, I started hearing footsteps in my backyard. Not just like a couple of them, but as if like twenty people had been walking out there. My mother's window was connected to it, so I could hear them very clearly, I started panicking and weighing my options, and as I was coming up with a plan, the window of my living room opened. FYI, this window was a very old one, made of heavy steel, and it's very difficult to swing open. What I mean is that the wind opening it wasn't an option. When I heard that sound, I completely froze and started hyperventilating. I tried to calm myself down, but just the thought of whatever opened the window, getting closer to where I was, just drove me more to the edge. And also, in order to get out of my house, I had to go through that long hallway, go past my childhood bedroom, and then walk towards the front door with my back towards the living room. Just that scared the shit out of me. The footsteps in my backyard were getting even louder now making it more difficult for me to think clearly. Somehow I managed to get the courage to do so. I counted to ten, and I sprinted towards the front door with my eyes closed. I was terrified, and I didn't want to see what was out there. When I was finally out, I sat on a little wall that is on the front of my house to try to make sense out of whatever the fuck just happened inside. I was on the verge of tears, and... To make things even worse, I was catcalled by a passing car. Anyways, I decided to go to my friend's house, the one who spent the night before with me. When I got there, she clearly noticed the mess that I was in and asked me what happened. When I got there, she clearly noticed the mess that I was and asked me what happened. After I did, she didn't seem so surprised and she confessed that the night before, When she had asked me to turn on the lights, she had seen a black human like shadow, the same as in my dream and my mother's. She didn't want to scare me, and also she thought that it was just her imagination, so she just asked me to turn on the light. What's more, her mother is really in tune with the spiritual realm, and she told me that she sensed something was off the moment I walked into their house and that I wasn't alone. I still think about that night every now and then, and how stupid I was for deciding to stay alone there. So far nothing has happened where I live now, but I am always expecting it. I have a lot of other paranormal experiences, but this is the one which scared me the most to this day. I find it funny when people say they don't believe in these kinds of things because they are very real. Someone once told me that everyone goes through an encounter with the paranormal at least once in their lives, and if they haven't, it's just not their time yet.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard Ancient Forest Deities by Josh. Whispers
2: and then some by Grant. Ouija board versus
0: my mother by Tony. And finally, story submission by Juana. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Don't forget, if you want to get access to the ad-free higher quality bit rate version of this week's episode as well as all of the past episodes and access to some new bonus content that you can only get on our Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash odd to join today and support the show.
2: It's so always really cool having Joel on this week's episode. I know you all must have enjoyed that. Thanks again, Joel, and be sure to check out his podcast, the Let's Read Podcast. He also has a YouTube channel. Really great stuff.
0: Yeah, I've had him on Let's Not Meet. I'm a really big fan. Um, I do want to jump into one of these listener stories. Uh, we, have, we like to do these shorter stories in the outro sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was called Murder in My Childhood Home by Alex. Um, so when I was four years old, my parents decided to take my sister and I to Asia for about six months to spend some time with family. While we were away, my parents rented out our house because we were going to be away for an extended period of time. This is important to know for later. I know I was quite young at the time, but I have very vivid and strange memories of that home after returning from our trip. I used to have recurring dreams of the second floor bathroom in that house. In the dreams, I'm standing and facing the bathroom from the main staircase. The house is completely empty and silent and the bathroom is extremely dark. Like, darker than it would logically be or where it's positioned inside of the home. The darkness is beckoning. I can feel myself being drawn to the darkness inside of the bathroom, and though my feet are planted, I'm still somehow slowly moving towards the door. I can still remember the dream to this day because I had it so many times in the years that I lived there. I think it also stuck with me. so long because the dream itself was unlike any others i was having or have had since that time in my life my sister had a little doll that she brought with her everywhere at the time thinking back it wasn't even one of those classically creepy dolls it was cute and completely inoffensive i remember her freaking out and crying to our mom telling her that the doll had blinked at her she must have been only a few years old at the time This doll also did not have those blinking eyes that, you know, closed when you moved it in a horizontal position. I can still remember how afraid she was that day. She never played with that doll ever again after that. My mom ended up getting rid of it, and she doesn't even like talking about it to this day. Fast forward several years, we moved out of that home and into a new home in a different city. I found out through family that while we were away for our extended family trip, a murder took place in our home. A couple had sublet the place from my parents and it turns out the husband lost it one day and killed his partner. She died in the bathroom on the second floor. From what I could find out from my family throughout the years, my dad didn't think the murder was enough reason to move so we actually stayed there for a few years after. This was a cause of conflict for my family though. My grandma would come from overseas to stay with us for a few months at a time to help take care of my sister and I, and she would notice a lot of weird things happening around the house. She told me the thermostats would randomly get turned down very low, seemingly on their own, as it was just her in the house taking care of my sister and I, and neither of us had touched it. She and my mom would claim that things would be found in different places than they were originally left. My grandma doesn't like talking much about the place, or that period of our lives either. Eventually, it just got to be too much for her. My parents agreed to move. You
2: know, what really sticks out, obviously, would be the dreams that the author had after returning from their trip, taking place in the second story bathroom and all that, and then years later, finding out that the murder took place. Uh, that, that's just wild to me. It just goes to show that dreams are a lot more than just a figment of our imagination or something deep in our subconscious. I really do think that they can be a gateway to something much more. And this just kind of shows it.
0: Yeah, I've always thought that dreams weren't just dreams. They weren't just things that happened in your head. I really thought that we transported to a different realm within our existence. Like Mm -hmm. just like a a higher knowing or like you know how people talk about raising your vibrations when you're meditating and those types of things i feel like i don't know your brain is just relaxed and open to these things and it's just easier to sort of transport yourself yeah like astral projection exactly same sort of thing yeah a lot of people like to say that astral projection and lucid dreaming and you know dreams are all different phenomena but i don't know i feel like they're all related it's all kind of the same thing and maybe ghosts are just those characters and those beings that exist on that realm, like that that higher realm that we're accessing.
2: Yeah, I think they're a vessel like anything else. We're just not fully conscious. Um, Like the Ouija board thing, yeah, we can tap into that and enter that realm that way. But in our sleep, I, I think it's similar but different. I think that is when we're susceptible in some ways. And some people, they can tune into that mm-hmm. when in their sleep or in a meditative state, as you said. Yeah. So yeah, I really do think that that dream was some entity, some higher, who knows what, some supernatural force that was tipping this person off. Like, hey, some some weird shit went down here. Mm-hmm. And then finding out years later, I've always liked stories where it's been corroborated by other people or some sort of like secondary clue, you know? Yeah. I also wonder if that doll, like the eyes blinking and all that. Uh, When her little sister got freaked
0: out, Mm -hmm. for all we know, that could have been the murder victim just trying to come back to life. I don't know. Yeah, totally, man. It's wild stuff. But that's why I love this podcast, because this stuff has just always interested me my entire life. Uh, I just love it. Anyways, thank you all for listening. We hope you love it as much as we do. We'll see you all next time for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Peace out. Stay safe. and the ghouls disturb you, darling.